0: What is going on, guys? You good? Hey, as you're taking a seat, look at your neighbor. Give him a hug, a high five, a handshake. Let them know that tonight is their lucky night because they get to sit beside of you. And you came expectant. You came with faith tonight. Hey, before we get started, um, right off the top, I just want to wish you a happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. Um, I'm so thankful that um, in God's family that uh, it's not... One language, one nation, one type of people. I love that verse. I talk about all the time in Revelation where it says we're gonna be in heaven and there's gonna be different tribes, different tongues, all worshiping Jesus. And um, I'm just thankful for the contribution um, that our black brothers and sisters have given, not just to our culture and society, but to the church at large. And we're thankful for you. We love you. We hope you feel comfortable here. And um, we want to celebrate you, not just tonight, um, but your lives and what God is doing in your life. And so let's give it up. Um, Happy Black History Month, guys. I know that might be weird coming from a whitey like myself, but hey. Hey, my name is Connor. I know that I've been a little MIA recently, but is it anybody's first time here? Anybody's first time coming and checking it out? Awesome. Hey, give it up for our first timers. I want to let you know right up top, you don't have to believe everything that we believe to belong here. Um, But I also want to be up front with you that I'm about to unapologetically talk about Jesus. I believe that Jesus was the most incredible person to ever walk the face of the earth. And I'm going to take it even a step further and say Jesus wasn't just a person, that he was actually God in the flesh come to show us how much he loves us, cares for us, and so much so that he would even reconcile us um, to the Father. And so I know that might be a lot. And if you're not a church person, you don't have to believe all of that. But here would be my challenge for you tonight, maybe even just for tonight. Open up your heart to the possibility that Jesus might be who he says he is and that he could actually love you and have hope for you like you've never experienced before. And so that's what tonight is all about. And um, I know I said I've been MIA for a little bit. Um, I have actually been going through the process of learning how to be a father. Yes. My wife and I had a little baby girl, and I believe she's gonna be an incredible part of Young Adults, uh, not only now, but sometime in the future. And so, instead of just showing a picture, I actually wanna introduce you guys to her. So, Erin. Guys, give it up for my beautiful wife, Erin. And don't judge me. this has been a long time dream of mine coming. And so just bear with me here for a second. But I want to introduce you guys to little Ezra Grace in the only way I know how. So. Guys, I've dreamed of doing that ever since. I left. You know Cam from Modern Family? Like, that was my Cam moment right now. Like, um, no, but uh, my wife, Erin, she is literally killing the motherhood game. Like, she's, like, shutting it down. She is, like, waking up every two hours at night. I'm like, babe, you want me to do anything? She's like, no, I got it. And I'm just like, all right, I guess I'll sleep. <laughs> no, but... um. Ezra, my daughter, she's awesome. I, I didn't even plan this, but we were, we were praying about, like, names and picking out names and uh, just asking God one day, like, God, like, who do you want my little daughter to be? And I felt like God was like, I want her to be somebody that helps build the church, and more specifically, I want her to be a reconciler of broken things. Um, And so her name means helper, and uh, we are just obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm like that stereotypical dad. I'm going to be showing pictures of my kid all the time. If you don't like it, go to a different young adults group um, because you got to get used to it. Um, But I've been out for a little bit um, learning how to be a dad, and while I was on my little sabbatical or whatever, I I tried to be intentional about spending time with God and asking God um, what he wanted, not just for young adults, but for my life. Um, God, what do you wanna speak to me? What do you wanna speak to my life in this next season, in this next year? And I'm actually really excited about the next few weeks about what we're gonna be talking about because, and I'll go into it in a minute, but I believe that I've heard from the heart of God, not just for YA, but for myself. And as a pastor, one of the most fun messages you get to preach is a message when it's not just you having to pick a topic and study and try to be creative, but when you can actually speak on what God has been like, drilling into your soul, um, it just is easy. And so I feel like I've been drinking out of a fire hose recently um, from the Spirit of God, just Him just like preaching to my heart, preaching to my soul, and um, I'm just expecting and I'm excited for what God has for us and uh, what's going to happen tonight. And so we are going to read our Bible, we're going to pray, and then we're going to jump in tonight and just get out of it, whatever God has for us, all right? All right, I'm on my own, okay. Do you have your Bible? Anybody old school, carry a leather Bible? There we go, look at your neighbor that doesn't have a Bible, judge them. I'm kidding, pull out your phones. We're gonna go to Acts chapter three. Acts chapter three, and we're gonna start in verse one. If you're there, say there. Doesn't matter if you're there or not, it'll be up on the screen, here we go. Acts chapter three, starting in verse one, says this. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple Courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for money. Peter looked straight at him as he did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Underline that if you've got a pen or highlight that on your phone. It says, then Peter said, listen, man, silver and gold, I don't have. I'm a pastor. I don't make a lot of money. Silver and gold, I don't have. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Can't start crying already. Okay, here we go. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly this man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. And then he went into the temple courts with them, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit and beg at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him him, if you are taking notes tonight, and I know I always joke about taking notes, getting a bigger house in heaven, um, if you do, and if you're new tonight, that's a real thing, it's theologically correct, I promise, take notes, show them to God, you get a bigger house, whatever, I know I've worn that into the ground, but if you're taking notes, the title of my message is this, what did you expect would happen, what did you expect would happen, Over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about this topic that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me on, expectation. We're going to talk about expectation over the next few weeks. And so we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive in. Lord Jesus, it is such an honor for you, for us to be in your presence, for us to to be in the presence of God. Father God, where two or three are gathered, Jesus, you're there. And God, I pray that tonight you're with us. I know you're with us. I know your spirit's here. And where your spirit is, there's freedom. And so, God, if somebody's walking in here with chains, if somebody's walking in here with baggage, if somebody's walking in here with bondage of any type, God, I pray that you would loose that in the name of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit would do things that I could never do, would speak to people's hearts with things I don't even say tonight. God, our only goal, our only mission tonight is to lift up the name of Jesus and to worship him, and to stand in awe of who he is. Jesus, it's in your name we pray, and everybody said amen and amen. So tonight, I'm gonna talk to you guys about this idea of expectation, what it looks like to have expectation, but before I dive in, I need to give you guys a little backstory on how all this came to be, okay? So every year, I pray that God would give me a theme for my life for the next year. I'm a theme guy. I don't know why, but I like themes. I like mantras. I like having a thought that I can always go back to to sort of anchor my soul. And so for myself, it can either be a Bible verse, it can be a word, it can be a story from the Bible, just something that I want God to give me for the year so that I can always go back to and anchor my soul to this this verse or whatever God wants to do in my life in that year. Now, I'll be honest. I don't always hear from heaven on this. Sometimes, if I'm just being real, I make it up. I absolutely make it up. Like one year, I was like, I was, God, what do you want this year to be? Didn't hear much. I was like, all right, this is my year of promotion. And it should have been my year of humbling because that's about all that I got out of that year. But uh, it was New Year's Eve. And, I, you know, kind of praying, asking God what he wanted um, for my year this upcoming year. And my wife and I, it was this year, my wife and I, we were uh, planning to go out and to bring in the new year. Now, I am 31 years young. My wife is 27. And so we were planning. We're like, listen, we are young. We are fun. We are hip. I wear way too tight jeans. We can stay up past. 12 we are doing this where we're going down to Denver where is the party at the Grams are here actually here's what really happened at the time my wife was 9 months plus pregnant And we both just kind of had this understanding with one another that at this point in our lives, we have absolutely nothing to prove to anybody. And so we are going to be in bed at 10 o'clock like grown adults, and we will bring in the new year in the morning. Now, listen, it gets worse. I promise it gets worse. So we make dinner reservations for 7.30 at this cool restaurant in Cherry Creek. We're both like yawning and tired. We order some food, um, get our bill. It's like 8.30. Now I go out to get the car because I'm a gentleman and it was cold. And I look at my phone and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm like texting Erin. I'm like, babe, get out here, hurry up. And she's like coming to the car, but she's like really pregnant. So she's like, well, you know, like, (laughs) like, what's wrong? And I'm like, okay, listen. I just put it in my phone. We can get to Target if we leave right now before nine o'clock, before they close. and we can get that wall art we've been looking at. And then like as that was like leaving my mouth, my inner twelve year old was like, who are you like? You're trying to go to Target on New Year's Eve. You're a loser, like. Like, in that moment, I like was like, "Wow, this is my life. Like I have officially come to terms with the fact that I'm a middle-aged Caucasian male who gets excited about trying to get to Target before it closes on New Year's Eve, when everybody else is with their friends. But if we didn't go to Target by the grace of God, he's like, "I can't let you slide that far right now." Um, But we get home like 10, 10.30, get in bed. My wife is sound asleep and I get this like second wind. And I'm like, okay, normally when I get a second wind, I do what all normal people do. I turn on The Office and I watch Michael Scott. And so I go to turn on The Office, but just something inside of me was like, hey, like you don't have your theme for the year. And so no lie, I I wish I was more spiritual than this, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give God my first fruit. I'm gonna give God my best. I'm gonna pray, God, you got like three to five minutes to speak to me, and if not, I'm turning on the office. And listen, this does not normally happen, but I laid in my bed, it was like 10.30, and I remember just praying this simple prayer, like, God, speak to me. Speak to me about what this year is gonna look like. Speak to me about what this decade is gonna look like for my life. God, I'm here. I know I didn't give you a lot of time, but I'm listening. God, speak to me. And I promise you, it doesn't always work like this for me. I know sometimes it can seem like pastors and and church people are more spiritual and have a better connection. That's not true. Um, But but for whatever reason, it felt like somebody opened the window in our bedroom and it felt like the Holy Spirit just came in our room and his presence just rested over me and rested over my bed in a way that I like haven't experienced in a very long time. And I felt his presence just begin to speak to my soul and to give me vision from my life and to give me vision for this year and for this decade. And he said to me this he said, Connor, this year is a year of expectation. He said, this year I'm going to begin to rekindle your faith and my ability to believe me for incredible, miraculous things. This is the year where I'm going to begin to speak greater than vision to your life. This is the year where I'm going to begin to rekindle that faith that I can do whatever, immeasurably more than you could imagine or ask for. And he began to show me that as I've become a Christian and as I've matured, unfortunately, I have matured in some ways where I have become a little more cynical to people who have radical faith for God to move. And he showed me that there's parts of my heart that that have become cynical and that have become hard to this idea of actually expecting God to move in miraculous ways. I remember when I first became a Christian, like literally every single day I woke up and I was just like, oh my gosh, what is God going to do today? Like I went to school at a big secular university in Virginia and people were not just like not friendly about Jesus, like adamantly opposed to like the idea of Jesus. And for whatever reason, that like fired me up. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like you're angry holding a sign. I'm going to go talk to you and pray for you. Like I was like that, I'm like that weird guy that you're just like, go away. You know, like but I was like, no, like, listen, I have hope and faith, and there is something on the inside of me that I didn't conjure on my own. Like, I have been given a new heart, and I need to get this to as many people as I possibly can. Every day I woke up with this sense of urgency, of wonder and expectation. But I think as I got older and I became more, quote unquote, mature in my faith. I think I started to let life experiences make me become more practical. You know what I mean? When as a Christian, your faith becomes a little more practical. And what I define as practical was just this sense in my heart, which was a way for me to maybe temper expectations that I had for God so that I didn't end up believing for something and find myself disappointed. Uh, my practicality and my faith was actually a mask for me to, to wear so that I didn't feel insecure if I was insignificant or if I didn't feel insecure if, if God didn't use me to do incredible things. My, my practicality was a mask for just a safety net for God in case he just didn't come through when he said he would. I had that life experience, fear, fear whatever bridle my faith and my expectation on who God is and what he said he was gonna do. And I'll never forget, literally for the rest of my life, I was sitting in my bed December 31st of 2019 at 10.30, and the Holy Spirit just began to download expectation, 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 faith into my soul, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I have 24 points on expectation. Now, because I love you, we're going to go through three of them, but, and it's growing, the Holy Spirit just continuing to speak to me about this. But I felt like in that moment, as I was just writing down all these thoughts that I felt like God was bringing to my heart, the Holy Spirit led me to Acts chapter three. And I wanna go back and look at this verse again because I feel like it's packed with so much that we could just easily read over. Acts chapter three, real quick summary. Jesus, he has just died on a cross, resurrected and ascended to heaven. But before he ascended, he told his disciples, listen, I'm going to send a helper to you. He's the Holy Spirit. And so his apostles and his disciples are in this room, this upper room, and they're all chilling together and they're praying. And then all of a sudden, these tongues of fire appear over their head and they're speaking foreign languages and heavenly languages and God's giving them gifts that they like could never conjure up on their own. And it says that he's given them power to be witnesses to anyone they come into contact with. And so Peter and John, they're walking from this experience. I don't know if it was the next day or a few days after, but they have just experienced an encounter with the Holy Spirit like never before. And then we pick up in this story, there's this man who is lame from birth. And I'm sure as was custom, he's just brought to the gate to beg because he can't really do much else. And we find ourselves in the story, Acts chapter three, it says this, when this man, this beggar saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. But Peter looked straight at him, and so did John. And Peter said, look at us. So this man gave them his attention, and look what it says. It says, he gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. The man looked at them with expectation to receive something. And the night I was laying in my bed, just talking to the Holy Spirit. I felt like the Holy Spirit led me to this. And he asked me this question when I read this. He said, when was the last time you looked to God expecting to receive something from him? When was the last time you genuinely looked to God with expectation, with this anticipation that in any moment God could do something that would blow you away, that you could have never conjured up on your own? When was the last time you looked at God the way that this man looked at Peter and John? And if you're taking notes, I want to give you a simple definition of expectation. Expectation is simply this. It is simply faith and anticipation for what God can do in a moment. Expectation is faith and anticipation for what God can do in a moment. It is this confidence assurance. It is this anxious waiting, sort of like on the edge of your seat, for what God can show up and do in any given moment. Moment. There's a pastor in North Carolina. His name's Stephen Furtick. He's one of the past pastors of one of the biggest churches in America. And in one of his messages, he simply says this. He says, "Faith, at its core, at its essential essence, is simply expectation." This man. Uh, at this gate who would beg for money, had this expectation to actually receive something from Peter and John. His entire life, he would beg people for money. He would wake up in the morning and family or friends would pick him up because he couldn't walk and they would carry him to this gate called Beautiful and I've I've had the opportunity to be there and it's it's a gate super close to the temple and they would sit him down because religious people would walk in and out of there all day to pray and he would go there hoping to maybe pull on the heartstrings of some of the religious people and gain some pity and get some spare change to maybe pay his bills or buy some bread, I don't know. But from sun up to sundown, this man would sit at this gate and ask for money. This is all he ever knew. And so when Peter said, look at me, I have something for you, he looked at him with expectation, expecting to receive some cash, expecting to receive a little bit of money. But what he didn't know, Was that his expectation wasn't just going to be met, but it was going to be exceeded abundantly and amazingly more than he could have ever asked. See, here's a principle that the Holy Spirit gave me that night when I was just talking with him and he was teaching me about expectation. It's a principle that I've seen scattered all throughout the Bible and I have it written down in so many different places for reference. If you don't believe me, come talk to me after. I will gladly share that with you. But it's this. There's a principle. It's this. God will meet you at your level of expectation. And normally, most of the time, he exceeds it. God tends to meet you, I'm almost to the point to say it will always meet you at your level of expectation, and most of the time, he always tends to exceed it. Now, why would I say something like that? Because there is something about the heart of God that loves when his children participate with faith and what he is doing in the world. There's something that makes the heart of God come alive when his children are expecting for him to move and they put their faith in God in a way that only God could show up. God loves it when his people expect him to move in mighty and strong ways. Now, why would I say that? Because expectation is the ground where our faith in God's goodness and his will for our lives collide. Expectation is the ground where our faith and God's perfect will collide with one another. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. When we sit with anticipation for what God could do, our eyes are open to the potential of God moving in any way he chooses to move in any given time or day. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles and breakthrough. It's choosing to put more faith in what God can do in a moment than what your circumstances might be telling you is possible. Expectation is the faith to say, I know what my God can do in this moment, no matter what I'm experiencing or feeling at this time. In almost every major miracle throughout the entire Bible, God moved when his people believed in faith and stood in expectation. And I'm just gonna give you a few. Moses, with the parting of the Red Sea, God told him to take the people, led them to the Red Sea. There's an entire army, the most advanced military at the time, coming down on their back. And God said, lift up your stick. He lifted up his stick, boom, water's part. Moses stood in faith, staring at an ocean, thinking he was about to die. God showed up and moved. The walls of Jericho falling. Ask the people to march around the walls of Jericho and be silent. And then on the seventh day, blow trumpets and stuff. Boom, walls came down. Joshua during a battle to win the battle prayed and stood in faith that the sun would stand still and God held the sun in place so that the children of Israel could conquer their war. In the New Testament, a woman with an issue of blood was being healed. She had faith to reach out to Jesus when all of society would have told her to stay in her place, stay in her lane. You're unclean, you're gonna get kicked out, but she had the faith to reach out and God moved when she expected something to happen, when she encountered Jesus, I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but there is something that moves the heart of God when his children expect him to come through in ways that normally don't make sense. Faith, unreasonable faith, unreasonable expectation moves the heart of God to do miraculous things for me and for you, to do amazing things in our life. He loves it when we stand in faith. And this is what I find so amazing. The Bible says this, without faith, it's actually impossible to please God. The Bible says you can't even please God unless you have faith in him. Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is evidence of things we hope for. Now, I was kind of doing a little research on faith and expectation, and I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that next week. But think about this. If we can't please God without faith, And faith is evidence of things that we hope for. I can't think of a greater evidence of believing God for something than standing in faith with expectation, thinking that at any moment what I'm believing for could come to pass. What what a better example of faith than standing in expectation that God is going to show up and not just show up, but he's going to move in a mighty way in our life. I have to ask you, when was the last time you looked to God the way that the, the lame, paralyzed man, the beggar, looked at Peter and John? When was the last time you looked to God in prayer or maybe reading your Bible, genuinely expecting to receive something in that moment from God? When was the last time? Has it been a while? Were you like me and have you let life and your experiences kind of harden your faith or maybe make you more practical to what God actually wants to do in your life? Or maybe it's, are you afraid of looking foolish because you know that faith and expectation, with that there's a risk. With that there's a chance that things might not work out exactly the way that you thought they would work out. And maybe you're afraid to stand in faith and have expectation for the goodness of God because you don't want to look like an idiot. You don't want to look dumb. You don't want to put yourself out there. I think so often we resist this idea of expectation in God, in our relationship with him, because we want guaranteed results. We want to know that if we step out in faith, if we step out in expectation, we are going to get exactly what we're asking for. We want it our way, but We what, what we want, we, what, we want what we want, when we want it, how we want it. But here's the honest truth. If you're gonna be a Christian full of faith and live out expectation of God moving in your life, here's the honest truth about expectation, and this is so freeing. Expectation with God is open-handed. God is gonna do whatever God wants to do, but get this, expectation knows you're never gonna leave his presence empty-handed. All of God's promises are yes and they are amen in Jesus Christ. Expectation goes to God open-handed. God, I know you're gonna do whatever you wanna do in my situation, but expectation knows that whenever you encounter the presence of God, whenever you encounter Jesus, it is impossible to leave empty-handed. He is always gonna meet you. He is always gonna fill your cup. He is always gonna do more than you could have ever asked and you could have ever imagined. We're hesitant to live lives of faith, of radical faith, because we wanna guarantee And we want to guarantee done our way. But God never promised things to be done our way. God promised things to be done his way. And here's the good news. His way is always bigger and his way is always better than our way. His way is better than always our way. We want to guarantee on the results. Listen, we don't get guarantees on the results, but we do get guarantees. We get guarantees that God is good and he will stick to his word. We get guarantees that God is faithful and will never leave you or abandon you we have guarantees that if God said it and he promised it in his word, it will come to pass. It's just a matter of time. We might not have guarantees the way we want guarantees, but we have guarantees in that, it is God, that is, God is good and we will see his goodness if we look for it and we expect it. Listen, expectation is about approaching God with our requests, our desires, our situations with open hands, knowing that no matter what the result is, You can't encounter him without leaving with something, that you'll never leave his presence empty-handed. Acts 3 says this, a lame beggar opened his hand for some change, but what he received was a miracle. God did a miracle in his life. He wanted change, but what he got was a fresh set of legs. He got a miracle. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. His whole life, this guy's been taken out to this gate, begging for change, and today... He asked for some change, but he got something else. Now, think about this. This man got a miracle, but he didn't even get what he initially asked for. This man got a miracle, but he did not get, we have no record that this man walked away with change in his pocket. We have no record that this man, Peter slipped him a five. We have no record that maybe John had a 10 in his pocket and was like, here, be healed. Also, go get some McDonald's. Like, We have no record that this man walked away with what he initially asked for. We have no record that this man walked away with change in his pocket, but get this, he walked. He might not have walked away with what he asked for, but for the first time in his life, this man walked. He walked. And listen, some of us in this room right now, we come to young adults asking God for a job. And listen, God wants to give you a job. I believe that God has an amazing job set aside for you, but more than a job. God wants to give you peace and assurance that no matter what situation you face, he is your provider and you will never be abandoned or forsaken. Some of you come in this room with amazing hearts and you feel lonely and you want to be in a relationship. And I believe that God has a relationship out there for you. But God loves you so much that he wants you to leave being a healed and whole person before you get in a relationship so that you can bring something to a relationship. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Some of you might come in here tonight with requests. And you might walk out of this room without the answer that you're looking for, but hey, you walked out of this room. And for some of you, you might be walking for the very first time. God might not give you exactly what you want, but he's always going to give you above and beyond what you need. Sometimes he's so good, you'll walk out of this room with something different, but hey, you're walking. You're walking. Here's the promise. You will never, ever, ever leave his presence empty-handed. There's more goodness available. There's more mercy than you could have ever imagined. There's more peace. There's more kindness. There's more security. There's there's more grace. You can never, ever, ever leave his presence. You can't exhaust it. You can't exhaust his mercy. His resources are endless. You can't leave his presence without something, without being changed. Ben, you guys can make your way on up. I'm losing my voice. (laughs) But... I want you to think about this for a minute what this man requested was so small all this man wanted was some spare change all this man wanted was for somebody to look at him and throw him a couple pennies throw him a couple quarters a couple nickels whatever all this man wanted was something so small and so insignificant some spare change he wanted some leftovers right He's sitting at this gate, he's, he's begging people, hoping that somebody would look on him and take pity on him, hoping that somebody would look down and have mercy on his pitiful situation. He was hoping that he would receive pity, and in that, receive an act of mercy. And so he's sitting at this gate, he catches the eye of Peter and John, and he thinks, okay, Maybe these two guys, maybe they'll pity me. Maybe they'll be the ones that, that, that pity me and just give me whatever leftovers they might have. Maybe these are the guys that'll kind of help me get by just for today, right? He's sitting there and, and, and he's just trying to get something, some spare change, but listen, this is my final point. And I know it's been quick, but I've got like 10 closings, so don't worry. Listen, and I'll explain what this means, but in the kingdom of heaven expectation doesn't run on spare change. In the kingdom of heaven, expectation doesn't run on spare change. And here's what I mean. I want to ask you a question. Have you reduced your faith and expectation for God to move in your life by simply begging him to have pity on you and give you leftovers? Or are you standing in faith and expectation to see the goodness of God in your life? Have you reduced your faith and your expectation in God to simply believe that you are unworthy enough, you're not cared about enough, you're too much of a mess up, you're too much of a screw up, and so on your best day, maybe all you can receive from God is some pity and some leftovers? Or are you genuinely standing in faith and expectation that even you in your broken and messed up situation can experience the goodness and the kindness and the mercy that God has for you on your life? Because here's the thing, And I know this might sound a little harsh, but it's one of the most freeing and amazing statements. Like, think about this God doesn't pass out spare change, God doesn't hand out spare change, God doesn't give out spare change. The Bible says that God doesn't just fill a cup, He fills it to overflow. The Bible says that God doesn't just meet your needs, you have access. He, 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 he's the God of a cattle on a thousand hills. He's the God that anoints you in the presence of your enemies. He's the God that is more than enough. He's the God of exceedingly and abundantly more. God doesn't fuel faith with spare change. He doesn't just fill cups. He fills them to overflow. If you're living this spare change kind of life, if you feel like for whatever reason you are not worthy, you need to wake up because it's time for you to stand in faith and expect God to move in your life. Expect the goodness of God on your life because that's what he has for you. But listen, I get it. We are so aware of our sinfulness. We are so aware of our brokenness. We are aware of our imperfections. We are aware of our flaws. And we, we mess up and we have these thoughts like, man, there's just no way God wants to bless somebody like me. There is no way that I can look to God with expectation and anticipation for his goodness. Because, man, if you would only know the things that I looked at last night. After I promised God like a million times I wouldn't go back to that place, I went back there. God can't bless somebody like me. Or maybe you're sitting in this room and you're like, listen, you don't know the thoughts and the feelings that I have in my heart. I wrestle with anxiety and depression. Or maybe you're in here and you wrestle with um, jealousy. Or you wrestle with hate. Or maybe you have lust so full in your heart you can't even look at somebody the opposite sex without thinking an inappropriate thought. Like, And maybe you're in here and you're just like, listen... That's great, that faith, that expectation thing, that's great for you, but God really can't move in a big way in my life. And so we have this awareness, we have this reality of ourselves, and we feel like we don't deserve anything. And so what we do is we put zero expectations on the promises of God because we think on our best day, all we deserve from God is maybe some spare change maybe some spirit change, but listen, there's good news, because while we might have an awareness of sin, and while sin might be a reality of some things that maybe some of us are walking through in this moment, we have a greater awareness. And we have a greater reality, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the Lord of lords. He is the King of kings. He is the perfect, sinless sacrifice made on your behalf so that we can have a relationship with a loving God who wants to pour out his blessing without restraint. We have a higher reality, and his name is Jesus. So because of Jesus, I can approach the throne of grace with Boldness, not with hesitation, but with boldness because of what Jesus has done. For me, Because of Jesus Christ, I can expect goodness from God. I can expect kindness from God because that is who God is. And that is how he views me. Every single promise of God is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Romans 8 tells us that if God didn't spare Jesus, his own son, how much more will he graciously give us all things? I have decided this Year that no matter what comes my way, I expect peace in my life because peace is a promise that God keeps and God is good on his word. And so in 2020, I will have peace that surpasses all understanding. I have faith, I believe it, I expect it. Would you stand to your feet? In 2020, in my life, I expect provision from God because God said He takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers in the field. How much more value? am I than they. God will meet my needs, not according to what I need, but according to his riches and glory. I am going to be taken care of this year. I'm going to stand in expectation to hear God's voice. I'm going to pray and I'm going to hear God's voice because I am his sheep. I know his voice and the voice of a stranger. I will not follow. I will see The goodness of a God in the land of the living, like the Psalm David said, the Psalm of David said in Psalm 27, I'm gonna see God's goodness. I'm gonna see his mercy. You can say, how how can you say that? That's so arrogant of you. That's so arrogant of you to think that you can expect to see God's goodness. That you're gonna claim this year that you're gonna have peace. What if you get anxiety attacks? Listen, anxiety is real, but peace is more real when it comes from God. Listen, depression is real, but joy of the Lord is my strength. And that is a promise that God has given. And I will stand in faith until I find joy. Listen, listen, it's not arrogance if God promised it. Because I'm not making things up about what I believe. I'm opening the Bible and saying, this is who God says he is. This is what God says he will do. This is how God said he's gonna come through for me. And if God says it, it is a matter of time before it comes to pass. So I don't know about you, but I'm standing in expectation to see the goodness of God. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna allow the Holy Spirit to reignite some faith in my life. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna see miracles. I'm gonna lay hands on the sick and see him healed. I want to have the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through my life. I want to prophesy to dead things and see them come back to life. I want to pray in languages I don't understand that go straight to the throne room of heaven and see God move in ways that I couldn't even imagine. I will stand here expecting in anticipation for God to move. That's what I'm going to do. How about you? What were you expecting? What did you expect would happen? because I promise you God's going to meet you at your expectation. And I promise you he's going to blow you away with what he wants to do in and through your life. We're about to go into a moment of worship. But I want to ask two questions. Number one, if you're in here tonight and you don't know Jesus, simply this, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you, all of us in this room, myself included. Any single person sitting in this room has a problem and it's called sin. And it basically is just we choose to rebel And we need a savior to bring us home. And Jesus has done just that. And he doesn't do it out of judgment. He doesn't do it out of condemnation. He does it out of love and he does it out of grace. And I believe right now that the Holy Spirit is prompting some people's hearts in here to start for the very first time a relationship with Jesus. And so if that's you in here, if you've never met Jesus, and you just wanna start a relationship with him, would you lift your hand? It doesn't have to be crazy. We're gonna say a quick prayer, but would you lift your hand? Thank you, I see your hand. I see your hand. Can we give it up for people? Listen, and maybe you're in here tonight and you're like me. And and whatever, life, experience, maybe there's disappointment that you've gone through that has robbed you of your fire, has robbed you of your faith. I believe that tonight God wants to give that back to you. I believe that God's going to give you vision far beyond anything you've ever experienced before. I believe that God's going to give you faith, not in yourself, not in your ability to dream, but in his ability to come through for you. If you're in here tonight and you're like, Connor, man, I needed to hear this because honestly, my faith and my expectation was low. Would you lift your hand? I'm gonna pray for you. Hands all over the place. Keep your hands up as we pray. God, I pray right now for every hand that is raised. God, it is an act of surrender to you. God, I pray right now that you would breathe fresh wind you would bring fresh fire into their life. Father God, I pray right now that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would just begin to unleash things that is holding back their faith, holding back their expectation, and I believe that you would minister to their hearts even right now. God, that they would begin to get a bigger picture of how good you are, of how faithful you are, of how strong you are. And God, that our expectation in this room would rise. And we would start to believe you for miracles. We'd start to believe you for signs and wonders. We would start to believe you to to move in our lives and to do greater things. Jesus, we love you so much. It's in your powerful and your holy name, the only name that can save, Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. If you connected with the message, click subscribe so that you can get involved with all of our weekly content. If you're in the Denver area, we'd love for you to join us live Thursday nights at seven o'clock, or you can always tune in and stream on Facebook Live. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one, and we'll catch you later.